Happy Monday to you. It is back from the brink time, Monday, the 1st of February. Can you believe it? We're already into February here. It's, well, here and everywhere, <laughs> at least on this planet. Um, so February, February 1st, the shortest month of the year. Lakers are playing the Atlanta Hawks tonight at about 4.30 Pacific time. Uh, go Lakers. And uh, yeah, so here in Southern California, it's kind of drizzly, but the temperature went up a bit. It's a little warmer. We're in the 50s now. We were down in the 40s and even the 30s a couple mornings. We got some really chilly weather there for a while, which is unusual for Southern California. But it doesn't ever last long because, you know, Southern California. Um, So apparently when you go skiing in Romania, you got to watch out for the bar. Uh, A gentleman skiing in Romania basically got chased by a brown bear down the hillside so he took off going as fast as he could and he had a backpack on and apparently um uh, presumably the backpack had some snacks or something in it and that's what the bear got a whiff of so he chucked the backpack and and pointed his tips down the mountain and took off and the bear went after the backpack instead of him um and so uh anyway he says that uh Bystanders tried to distract the bear by yelling and making other noises, but the skier, uh, you know, tossed the backpack, did a pretty cool move there, and uh, and that allowed the skier to escape. Um, workers warned other skiers about the bear, which had been seen throughout the day, and everyone then vacated the area, apparently. So they'd kind of seen him in the woods and stuff, but he hadn't been bothering anybody until... Uh, uh, until he started chasing somebody down the hill. He's got a whiff of something that smelled good to him. So, uh, yeah, bears, go figure. Um, and brown bears are, are are big. That's like a grizzly. That's that's a large bear. Not that black bears aren't plenty big, too. But, uh, um, yeah. So just beware when you're out in the wilderness, even if in a place that's fairly populated, the wilderness is home to, to critters. And some of those critters are big, and some of those critters will eat you given the opportunity. So don't give them the opportunity, I guess, is the lesson to be learned here, right? Don't let the critters eat you. That's always a good rule of thumb. Um, So cops in Rochester, New York, apparently pepper sprayed and then handcuffed a nine-year-old. Okay. Uh, You know, the uh, lovely Warren, mayor of Rochester, New York, on Sunday morning was reacting just before the city released body camera footage of the incident that happened on Friday afternoon. Uh, the mayor said, this is, uh, uh, as a mother, not anything you want to see. And uh, officers and supervisors responded to a call regarding family trouble with Deputy Police Chief Andre Anderson describing a nine-year-old girl as suicidal. She indicated she wanted to kill herself and she wanted to kill her mom. Uh, the girl said that uh, is said to have run from the, her home once police arrived. And they went in pursuit, finding her on a nearby street. Two videos were released on Sunday in which the girl's mom is seen arriving on the scene and start arguing with her daughter, at which point the police said they tried to get the girl in the uh, patrol car until an ambulance arrived. Um, the second video shows the child insisting she doesn't want him to get in the car and repeatedly crying, I want my dad, I want my dad. Cops handcuffed her as if... Uh, as she is on the ground in the snow crying. 
In a police statement, officers say the scene was required to get her on the ground as she started resisting and kicking. And that video also shows the girl getting pepper sprayed when she wouldn't put her feet inside the car, which police say it was also a required action. As they finally shut the door on her after she was inside, one officer can be heard saying, unbelievable. The child was taken to Rochester General Hospital and treated, then released to her family. She's a child. She's a baby, Warren said at the press uh, meeting. I'm not going to stand here and tell you that for a nine-year-old child had to be pepper sprayed and that that would be okay. It's not. Rochester Police Chief Cynthia Harriet Sullivan added, uh, Anderson says the uh, RPD is reviewing the policies on dealing with such situations and looking into a cultural change overall. Can you imagine a nine-year-old is is tackled in, or pushed down into the snow and pepper sprayed and and I mean, wow! I mean, there something is not right with this whole picture. I mean, first of all, a nine-year-old, them having to react so strongly to a nine-year-old. This must be the biggest, strongest nine-year-old in the world. And if and if the child isn't the biggest, strongest nine-year-old in the world, then you've got to be going, what on earth were they thinking? You know. Now there's an attached video that shows some of the body cam video that they've released on this. And it is actually looks like it's actually snowing as well as it looks like about a foot of snow on the ground. So we're talking cold weather out here. And, um, you know, and uh, it's a nine year old. It's a frickin nine year old. That is horrific that they uh, had to deal with this this way or that they felt like they had to deal like this, you know, and it's a child. Yeah. I mean, this is a child on the ground in the snow I can't you know I had nine-year-old daughters you pick them up and you put them in the car if you feel like you need to you don't uh, handcuff them face down in the snow and then pepper spray them to put them in a car holy moly here's Aaron hello hello I don't hear you Aaron are you there let me make sure I got everything set up right. Hello, hello. Hello. Ah, gotcha. There you are. Hi. Hi. So I was, I'm doing good. So I was just looking at some video. Apparently in Rochester, New York, police handcuffed face down in the snow, a nine-year-old and pepper sprayed her to get her into the back of a car. A nine-year-old? A nine-year-old. And the police are very matter-of-factly saying uh, we just had, it was required action. It was the only way to, to subdue this child. She's nine. Oh, my God. These grown adults couldn't find another way? Uh, that's what I'm thinking. And, you know, and I'm looking at the video, and I don't see anything there that tells me that this child is is required this kind of behavior you know they ended up taking her to rochester general hospital and being released back to her family afterwards the mayor came on and went she's a child she's a baby i'm not going to stand here and tell you it's okay for a nine-year-old to be pepper sprayed it's not uh what was the deal why did she get involved with the police in the first place so apparently there was a phone call uh made to police uh, about family trouble, describing a nine-year-old girl as suicidal. The caller, which was her mother, indicated that she wanted to kill herself and she wanted to kill her mom. Oh, that's terrible. And they got there, and she went running out of the house, and they found her a block away and tried to get her to get into the car, to the police car, and she wouldn't do it. And so they had to 
basically detain her by holding her down on the ground in the snow. And it's snowing. They've got body cam footage. It's snowing. And so they put her face down in the snow and handcuff her hands behind her back. And then they try to put her in the car. And she's, like, kicking and won't go in the car and putting her feet up on the edge of the doorway won't go in. And, and they end up pepper spraying her to subdue her to get her to go in the car while they wait for the ambulance to show up. Seems to me like there might have to be a psych hold on somebody here. This just, just seems really weird. Yeah, this is just... that seems really odd behavior. I mean, wow. I mean, I can see a nine-year-old throwing a tantrum and saying, no, I don't want to get in the car, and no, I want my daddy, and you know, blah, blah, blah. But holy moly, really? You're going to handcuff a child in the snow, face down in the snow, and then you have to pepper spray her? Because she's still you not can't... subdued. Something, something's really wrong there. Yeah, well, and and as an adult male, I can't imagine a nine-year-old being sufficiently large and strong enough to, for me not to be able to just put them in a car, you know, whether they wanted to go or not. Yeah, somebody you know? grabbed the upper torso and somebody grabbed the, the legs. Like maybe they should have cuffed her ankles together. They're certainly small enough. Yeah. I just, you know, it just seems like there's ways to subdue a child without pepper spraying the child. Now, granted, pepper spraying them doesn't do any long-term harm, but it seems like really cruel behavior for a child that's clearly distraught. Wow. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, uh, it's unfortunate. That's really terrible. It'll be interesting yeah. to see what the investigation uh, uh-huh. shows. You yeah. know, please tell me that this girl was white. Please tell me she was white. So, uh, yes. Okay, good. Because otherwise, there's a whole other layer that of complexity added on to this. So, yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, it's, they blurred out most of the, the video of the child because they don't want you to identify the child. But let me verify. I mean, I see a hand. So, she, the hand looks like she was white. But I, I you know... She could be light skinned and, uh, you know, but I mean, they literally have police opening the two doors of the car and one reaching in from the opposite side of the car so that they can get this kid in the car because the car, she is absolutely pitching a fit. Um, no doubt about it. The, the child was not making this easy on anybody, but uh, really pepper spray. That's what they got to do. I, you know, nine years old. What is nine? Nine is yeah. what, fifth grade, third Fourth grade, fourth grade, maybe. Wow. Yeah. yeah, third, fourth grade, depending on birthdays. Yeah, yeah. I'm seeing her hands, so I'm, I'm pretty sure she's white. Um, which at least means that there's not, you know, the the ethnic element about how come you treated this child so badly. Um, right. But there is the question of how come you treated this bad child so badly, regardless of what well, you know, yeah. what she looks like or how you know. I mean, it's like really, yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah, this I'm, is just I'm, unforgivable. I'm just I don't. Yeah. I don't even know what to say because that just seems so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there'll be an investigation. I'm sure there'll there'll be some conclusions drawn. I wonder if yeah. either of the officers are parents. I don't know. One you know, of the the officer that they show talk. I mean, there's a, several male officers standing around, but the officer that's dealing directly with her and talking to her after they get her into the car is a female officer, and so she's talking to her. Uh, and but I can't. You, you can't tell. You know, 
I, I can't, I'm not listening to it, so I can't hear if she's saying things. And of course, I'm getting the video from the officer on the other side of the car's, um, you know, body camera. Uh, you know, so I don't know if she's. Uh, this is a a pretty good sized nine year old, though. I'm, I'm just seeing the child sitting there. This is a child that's that if if you saw her, you might guess at least physically. I, of course, I can't see her face or anything, but physically, she looks like she might be older than. I mean, she. I would have guessed she's older than nine, but still, not an excuse. This is a child. Clearly, it's a child. They were told it was a nine-year-old when they when they. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. What? What? Yeah. So they they have you pepper said, sprayed oh her gosh. while she. Yeah, she's sitting in the car, and that's when she got pepper sprayed. What? She's sitting in the car with her hands behind her back, and that's when they pepper sprayed her. And I don't know what she was doing, whether she was spitting at them or what, but that's what happened. And so that, okay, wow, okay. Um, Yeah, I would like to see that explained. (laughs) I really would. I really would. That just seemed. Even if she was spitting at them, I mean. She's in the car. Close the door. Exactly. Close the door and say, okay, fine. You know, we'll we'll hand you over to the uh, to the ambulance crew when they get here. We're done with you. Oh, wow! But she talked to her for a good period of time before that. So, so clearly she, you know, the the so, she being the police officer. So she had been talked to for a period of time. So I don't know. So was the female police officer the one that pepper sprayed the child? It looked like it. Yes. Oh, dang. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what their procedural policy is and what what you know. We, we just there's a lot of questions here, but it just on the face of it looks really really bad for the uh, Rochester Police Department and that particular officer. Yeah. So. Although it hmm. sounds like from the child, they should have pepper sprayed her with holy water. Yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of <laughs> that was kind of my thought. It's like, you know, I, I, I'm shocked that they treated her at the hospital and sent her back home because it's, I mean, maybe she was completely calmed down, but it almost sounds, I mean, just, you know, the the description of how the child was behaving, you know, and, and it sounds like a parent was the one that made the call, which means, you know, there's a parent who's fearing for, of their nine-year-old. That's not a good position to be in. No. You know. No, no, it's not. Wow. So... And pardon me that my phone keeps dinging. It's not supposed to do that right now. Mm. So I, I don't must hear have a ding. Okay, I was it, it dinged a few times. So yeah. I was driving and couldn't pay attention yeah. to it. So yeah, it's probably a good thing. Don't pay attention to the car or to the the phone. Pay attention to the car, the roadway. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So as usual, I walked outside, and Terry's diner smelled like bacon. Ugh. Oh. Now I want bacon. Yeah, it does that. <laughs> bacon will do that to you. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, while we're talking about food, I, uh, this weekend, uh, actually, the, towards the end of last week, was talking to my daughter, and she was making this breakfast casserole that my wife has a recipe for. So uh, I got all the stuff for her to make that, and she made that. Uh, uh, you make it up the night before, and then you put it in the oven the next morning. And so um, she made that on Friday night. So Saturday morning, we had this yummy breakfast casserole. And what's nice about it is it's it's a big thing that's you know multiple people can eat on, or two people can eat on multiple times. <laughs> and so See, there you go. I'm gonna 
I'm going to have a really nice breakfast this morning, too. So is your daughter's there? No, no, no. My wife made it. I, I guess, oh, oh, okay. Jensen was making it a while back, and so or last week, she mentioned it to me when we were talking on the phone, and so I thought, hey, that sounds good. So I, I went and mentioned my wife, and she said, okay, well, here's the stuff you need to get. So I went to the grocery store, risked life and limb to go out in public, and <laughs> uh, and got this good stuff. Now, I'm wearing my oh. NFL-prescribed mask, which is form-fitting, and I've got replacement filters, so I replaced the filters on it, so... Well, see, there you go. Yeah, I'm as safe as safe can be. I am not. You know, one thing. Dangerous things in my house are kitties. Yeah. 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 Well, and you you do the grocery delivery stuff more than I do. I don't. I've not done that. So I just go to the grocery store, and uh, you know, I try to go uh, early or late when there's not as many people there. You know, quick in, quick out. I'm the guy who's basically like jogging through the store with his cart in front. If somebody gets in my way, I go out of my way. (sighs) No, you don't. Please tell me that that is not true. And then I come out of the store going, people, man, this place would just be so much better if there wasn't so many people around here. (laughs) (laughs) Not quite. Semi-true. Yo, I don't go to Costco. Costco is like, ugh. You know, on a, on a good day, Costco is a horrible experience. I will not go yeah, to Costco. And not because of the staff. Their staff are amazing. Oh, yeah. The people are great. It's just there's too many other people in there. The place is always at capacity in terms of bodies in the physical space. And so during COVID in particular, I don't want to go there. But I don't want to go there on a good day. I don't even have a membership anymore. I let it expire. I don't want to go to Costco. Um Sam's Club has a deal where if you pay basically double the re- the registration fee, you can get in two hours early, and so if you get it, you can get in before the crowds get there. Except apparently the Sam's Club in my area on Sundays you can't do that. They don't actually tell you that till you show up, but you can't do that. I get there on Sunday uh, before the general population is allowed in, and show them my little special card that I pay extra for to get in early, and they go. Uh, sorry, Sundays is only for first responders. And I went, well, that's really nice that you're being good for first responders. I said, but there's like six people in the store. You can't let me in. I mean, literally, this is a place that normally has hundreds of people in there. Even on a light day, the parking lot is pretty much full. There were six cars in the parking lot. Six. And most of those are probably employees. Yeah, and and they and and well, the employees parked out in the. I should say there's probably more cars in that because if you look way out at the far end of the parking lot, there were some cars there, but that's probably the employee cars. They probably are told to park way out by the street, but uh, you know, I mean, the six spaces near the front of the store were all available or taken, um, and uh, and nope, they wouldn't let me in. I was like, okay, well, I get it. I guess, I guess I get it. Grr. That stinks. Yeah. <laughs> like fine. So I stopped at Smart and Final, which I don't do very often. Oh, I like But every time I every time I do, I go, "Huh, I kind of like this." In fact, in in Corona, they opened up a I think it's called a Smart and Final Extra. So it's like halfway between a like a warehouse store and a Smart and Final store. It's a bigger Smart and Final store. Um but uh yeah, you know, I kind of like it. We like buying, um, instead of buying aluminum foil for cooking in, you know, just like a thing of Reynolds wrap at the grocery store, we buy these 500-foot rolls. You buy them once every two years or something. You know, they have giant rolls of of, of aluminum foil. And we were near the end of the, our current one, so 
I was there. I picked up some giant roll of, of aluminum foil, uh, threw my back out picking up the 40-pound thing of, of foil, but it was worth oh, it. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's not 40 pounds, and I didn't throw my back out, but it sounded funnier telling the story that way. <laughs> but it is a 500-foot roll. I realize most rolls are like, you know, well under 100 foot. I mean, they're like, you know, 25-foot rolls of, of foil. So, so a 500-foot roll of foil is a big roll of foil. So um, today is the first day of Black History Month. It is February 1st. As the comedians like to say, yeah, the shortest month of the year is the one they give to the blacks. Well, February marks the start of Black History Month, which, of course, is a federally recognized celebration of the contribution African-Americans have made uh, to this country in a time and a time to reflect on the continued struggle for racial racial justice. And this is from uh, Nade Yancey Bragg at, at uh, USA Today. So it's become one of the most celebrated cultural heritage months on the calendar, which is really good. And mm-hmm. um, uh, schools of business, business, schools and businesses, rather, I can't even talk, um, offer black history themed meals, lectures, plays and quizzes while major brands roll out clothing, television specials and content for consumers would sometimes come off as tone deaf, especially when presented without context. OK, fine. But, it, you know this apparently she's going to start talking about all the things that are wrong with black history month. I, I don't want to listen to that. Yeah, I think. It's like, yay, celebrate us, but you're doing it wrong. But the problem is, <laughs> yeah, is if exactly. you talk to one African-American versus another African-American versus another, they'll all tell you, well, the, one guy says, this is right. One guy says that is right. You know, it's not like there's a, a monolithic decision about what is right or wrong or an agreement on, exactly. on how you to do why? anything, you know? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. Did you know that German yeah, American exactly. heritage month is October? Uh, really? Oh, yes. well, yeah, because of Oktoberfest. It's Ger- German American Heritage Month. I will celebrate huh. my Germanic history by raising some brown beer and going, yeah! <laughs> Eating some, some yeah. bratwurst and sauerkraut and uh, spätzle. Yeah. Kindergarten. Child's garden. And yet and we it's don't have gardens in most kindergartens. No, it's true. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah. Anyway, there's lots um, of Oktoberfests and museums to visit and German foods to eat. But we'll talk about that in October. Yeah, you know, I suspect that, that you know, anytime you, you're celebrating any kind of, of uh, group in any way, shape, or form, you're going to find people who are critical of the the information provided, of the way the celebration is being done. The way You know, it's just like you can't please all the people all the time. So... So, uh, you know, you, you pick and choose what you're going to do and you just do it and do it with a, with a good heart and in, in, in honor and joy and celebration and, and, and let everybody else poo poo all they want. It's like, you do your own thing. Don't worry about it. You know, you can't, you can't, can't get tied up in like, you know, this person says you're not celebrating appropriately. Now, if you're doing something that's clearly offensive and, and people are saying that's really, really offensive, then maybe you should, you know, think second second guess it rethink that but uh but you know yeah so were you a fan of the lincoln project uh the lincoln project i'm drawing a blank 
it is it is the group of uh, Republicans who wanted to make sure that Trump was ousted. So they made you know, so Kellyanne Conway's husband was one of them. Um, oh, a guy uh-huh. named John Weaver was another. Uh, they they made a series of YouTube and other commercials. Um, I'm that un- were, unaware of them. I mean, I peripherally had heard yeah. the name, but I, I really am not aware of any activities. Well, they wanted Trump gone and they made lots of uh-huh. commercials. So apparently John Weaver, who's been a longtime Republican operative, he's accused of sexually soliciting or sending otherwise provocative messages to at least 21 young men over the past five years. So he'd worked on the John McCain 2000 and 2008 presidential campaign, as well as John Kasich's uh, 2016 run, um, and allegedly sent suggestive messages to someone as young as 14. So that's not a young man, that's a child. Mm -hmm. um, So according to the New York Times, the New York Times spoke to all 21 accusers and reviewed messages Weaver allegedly sent to them. Uh, So Weaver um, quickly issued a statement condemning the 61-year-old... No, sorry, the Lincoln Project. Weaver also co-founded the anti-Trump Lincoln Project, which quickly issued a statement condemning the um, Mm 61-year-old, according to the Washington Post in The Hill. So, quote, John Weaver led a secret life that was built on a foundation of deception at every level. He is a predator, a liar, and an abuser. We extend our deepest sympathies to those who are targeted by his deplorable and depredatory behavior. Wow. If true, I completely agree. At this point, he's been accused. Well, okay, fair enough. That would be my only thing to say into it. If true, hang him from the highest yardarm. This is an awful person who, who deserves any kind of punishment we can line up for him. Um, you know, and, and when you hear 21 accusers, the youngest one is, uh, of 14, then you can say, okay, well, that seems pretty, pretty convincing that there was a lot of people, but people have piled on and added on when there wasn't anything there to people in the past too. So I don't know. Um, I would say, you know, let's hold our condemnations until, until we know what's going on. But uh, until we have some kind of, you know, proof rather than just accusations. And maybe there is more proof out there that they're just not talking about it at this point in this article. But uh, but, yeah, um, just inexcusable. I mean, just, you know, it's it's bad enough that there are horror of human beings doing these kinds of things. It's it's doubly horrific when they are people people who are leading movements or, or, you know, leaders of men or leaders of people, you know, trying to make a point that may be valid or may not be valid. But, you know, when there's somebody who has influence on other people because they're stepping out, that just, uh, and then you find out these kind of things, you just, you, you shake your head and go, <sighs> yeah, you know? Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, Weaver, Apparently he's married and he's got uh, a couple of kids. Um, in uh, January, mid-January, he probably knew this information was coming out. He probably got head, uh, was contacted by the uh, the Times, um, by so that they could you know verify the stories. And uh, he said that he would not return to the Lincoln Project um, after a medical leave, acknowledging sending inappropriate messages and mm. apologize to anyone who felt quote uncomfortable unquote. 
saying he is actually gay, and he'd struggled to reconcile that fact. Well, being gay and being a pedophile are not the same thing. No, they're not. And so... Um, okay, sent you know, messages, though. When you're sending messages, you may or may not. And I don't mean to be defending this guy. I keep finding myself in this situation. But there's just this skeptic in me that when somebody's being attacked and being accused of something that, you know, let's wait until the accusations are proven. He clearly said he did these things. Does he know that the person on the end, other end of the message is 14? I don't know. I don't know. But but yeah, I, you know, it's, and I, it, it's like I, I want to quit sounding like I'm defending this guy because I am not in any way, shape or form defending this man. He, he, you know, he's acknowledged this behavior and that he was soliciting people online. That is is enough for, for me to say, OK, he should not be in any kind of position of leadership and, and he should be investigated to see if there was any legal activity. And if that's the case, he should be prosecuted to the extent of the law. Yeah. And he can't say that that he was afraid to be gay because in our community, in our culture, um, you know, there's people are out and they're fine and they're, you yeah. know, it's they're out and they're yeah. proud. I mean, yeah, well, he can say that if he has already been married and has children, that that's a significant change and possibly shock to his wife and children. And so I can see him being reticent to say something to them because that's going to change their lives significantly. But that is true. Yeah. Yeah. But 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 yeah, but you're right. I mean, it's like it, socially other than, you know, lying to your family, um, which I suspect is, you know, maybe not to this extent, but that's something that a lot of gay people have gone through, uh, you know, trying to not let anybody know who you are. You would hope that these days, especially that people who who um, find that they're gay or know that they're gay are more willing to be open about that fact earlier on in their life so that they don't get to the point where, hey, I find out I'm gay and I'm married to somebody who I'm not sexually attracted to, but I have children with them. You right. Know, because now you're, now you're dealing with other people's lives and children. Yes, so. and you get to blow up their lives. Right. You know, because you, you weren't honest with yourself and with them. Yeah. Now this guy's he's in a bad situation and a bad and he, and he's behaved horribly. And so, yeah, um he needs to he needs to do a reset on his life and uh and work at rebuilding the relationships with his family and figuring out who he is and how how he's going to go forward. And certainly, uh if he's done something illegal, if they, if they find that his activities were illegal, then then he's got to he's going to you know, spend some time with a lawyer and possibly in jail. Cause yeah, I mean, if you're soliciting online, I don't know whether that's illegal or exactly how that works or exactly what constitutes that. Um, you know, I'm not an attorney, but certainly when you're having conversations with somebody as young as 14, that's just unacceptable. Imagine being his kids. How do you reconcile this? So not only, is the marriage over and so your parents are divorcing but um you know your dad's done these things that everybody knows about and you know that's that's got to be rough for those kids yeah yeah and i don't know how old those kids are but but uh yeah as you said you know 14 means that he's not just soliciting for sexual encounters online but that he's a pedophile Yes. Yes. Creepy. All right. We need something happy. 
We do. Let's talk about happy things. Well, let's see. There's stuff about let's homeless look for people. Happy stories. <laughs> yes. How much time you got? We'll find something happy. Uh. <laughs> uh. Um. Matthew Stafford is coming to Los Angeles. <laughs> Who is that? He's the former quarterback of the Detroit Lions. I already talked about that on the radio show. Oh, yeah. But, Sorry. Uh, I already, already forgot but, his name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Such a sports fan you are. I'm shocked that you didn't remember every detail of that conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, let's see. What else is going on? NASA astronauts are going to conduct the second spacewalk of the year. Um, they're going to oh, finish nice. battery upgrades and install cameras on the International Space Station. Cool. Hey, here are PC Mag has the 60 best work from home cities. I imagine How is the like city the better than another one when you're working from home? Would it be the 60 best work from home like kitchens <laughs> or dining yeah, rooms? I don't know. <laughs> I guess it so, depends on what you get to stare out your window, right? Well, and, and here's the thing. So so they're best of the best. They're number one, number one, and this is a place you would never consider. The number one remote working town in the U.S. is Chattanooga. Chattanooga. Well, I imagine it's pretty. You get to stare out, and they hopefully they have good internet connection, right? But I would have to say well, for me, it, it would be Hawaii. They have fiber. Ooh, fiber. That's cool. So, what if we got fiber um, in Huntington Beach? If you want to move to Huntington We've, Beach, you can have fiber internet. Yeah, I have crappy internet. Um, Mine's hitting uh, this. So they say Chattanooga has been pushing hard to attract tech workers and companies based on its affordable real estate, business-friendly administration, and widely available broadband internet. In 2019, according to the census, 6.8% of Hamilton County, Tennessee residents worked from home compared with um, 5.7% of all Americans. In 2020, of course, that all changed. Um, and Chattanooga had uh, uh, positioned itself really well. So, um, mm -hmm. so this is a quote. In 2020, it was evident that Chattanooga has been able to attract talent from major cities and companies. I've run into folks who work for Spotify, Stripe, Netflix, et al. The quality of life was a major reason. Many of these folks moved from places like New York City, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and more. And that mm -hmm. was the quote was from uh, Santosh Sankar, who was a venture capitalist in Ch in Chattanooga. So apparently, that's the place to be. Yeah, well, you know, it's going to be beautiful there. I mean, Chattanooga, for those who don't know, is in the southern part of Tennessee, and Tennessee is a long, flat state. It's right on the border with um, with Georgia. And about 20 miles from where Georgia and uh, and Alabama uh, meet at the corner right at the Tennessee border. So, um, you know, it's southeastern Tennessee and, uh, you know, it's on, on on the river and it's beautiful. I'm You know, I, I, you can go online and look at pictures of it. So I guess there's pretty things to look at out your window. All that being said, I'd rather be sitting on a, you know, beach house in Hawaii to do my online stuff but no i'm in corona in a room with no windows <laughs> in your shack out but the, back yeah my shack out back studio you know i do have a really large uh screen in front of me though and i can in the background i can put pictures of you know looking out the window in hawaii 
that I took myself, quite frankly. And so, you, you know, I can, I can, I can dream. I can pretend like I'm in Hawaii. You know, you wouldn't know the difference. <laughs> I mean, if, again, no windows. Um, so lately, I've had pictures of of uh, redwood. National Forest, um, which is right on the coast above pretty Eureka, pretty. California. And that's what I've been, uh, my, my most recent trip was there. And so I've got pictures of that. And for those who don't know, the, the Redwood National Forest is literally uh, butts up to the beach. And so you can walk amongst, you know, 200 foot high trees and then walk to the beach. It's just beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I was really, really shocked at how pretty and how much I liked that area when I visited. Um, so Santa Cruz is like that. They have and mm-hmm. Big Sur. They have uh, redwoods um, that are that are really close to the ocean, um, and I right. love that too. It's beautiful. I've never been to yeah, Eureka, very similar. This is Santa just a little Cruz. further north, but yeah, yep. Um, and and it's just gorgeous. Northern California is absolutely beautiful. It is. It is. You know, I always joke about like, you know, who was the traveler who came through here in his covered wagon and said, this is the place I want to stop. And there's a lot of places like that in Southern California where you go, what on earth were they thinking? Um, But in Northern California, there's lots of places where you go like, why didn't everybody stop here? Who passed through here and decided not to stop? San Bernardino had water. That was the biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah, but you look yeah. at it, you know, like you look at, I mean, I know there's springs in, 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 in San Bernardino and there are springs out in Palm Springs, but, um, you know, you look at the surrounding area and you go like, okay, so the first guy stopped because he got the space right there next to the springs and his property has springs on it. Everybody else should have gone, it's a desert. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to keep going. It's only a few hundred more miles, another, another hundred miles and we'll be at the ocean. Let's go. Keep going. We won't be farmers. We'll be fishermen. Yeah. Well. To each their own. But Northern California is gorgeous. Now, granted, it is further north. So, it you know, especially if you're inland, it gets a lot uh, cooler, you know. And in that big inland valley that runs the length of California, it gets hotter in the summer and cooler in the winter. It's 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 an odd mix. But, uh, you know, if you're coastal, oh, my goodness, it's, you know, the, the, you can go quite a ways north and the weather is still fairly temperate and, uh, and it's just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Green trees, fresh air. Yeah. Ah, I want to go back. I'd like to pitch a tent and open my, open the flap and look out at that every single morning. See, there you go. Not you know, really. it is. Um, <laughs> I do like. My it's hard lessons. because we can't go anywhere. I mean, yeah. You know, it's it's just it's just frustrating. You know, mm-hmm. getting cooped up in our houses. Yeah. Yeah, going a little stir crazy. Going a little stir crazy. I, um, as a project, started going through my uh, emergency bug out bag, you know, in case uh, there's an earthquake or anything, I've got some, you know, some freeze dried food and some, and a, some packs and a tent and stuff that I can set up. So we can, you know, if we have to evacuate or something, I can throw in the back of the truck and go, uh, or just set up in the yard. If, if the house is, you know, if something happened to the house, something like that. So I've been going through those. I try to do that once every few years just to make sure everything's updated and still functioning and working. And so I've been going through and updating some of the stuff that's in there. And, uh, 
And it's funny because every time I do that, I also look at it and go, well, this is camping gear, largely. I, I could go camping. That would be fun to go camping. Maybe I should go camping. And then we have a storm hit us, and I'm like, okay, I'm glad I'm not camping. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to crawl out of the tent and everything's wet and damp and cold, you know. But there's some, you know, camping is fun. It really is. It's not something I've done a whole lot as an adult. My wife doesn't have much interest in camping at all. Um, but I've gone camping a couple times with uh, with uh, my daughter, and uh, and I like it. I you know I wouldn't mind going out and doing some more camping, backpacking. So this time around, I'm trying to pack the pack so that it's a little bit lighter, so that it's more campable. You know, the pack that I had before was like 45 pounds. I'm like, eh, it's great for throwing in the truck and you know being an emergency earthquake, but maybe we can pack it a little lighter. <laughs> 45 yeah, pounds okay. is a little heavy. No kidding. Yeah. Little heavy. Um, uh, in Entrepreneur Magazine, uh, there are some entrepreneurs tell uh, our, our uh, put it, they put together a list of habits that keep them successful. Um, and an entrepreneur thought they could count on their network for something to boost their sales of a book or say create a buzz for a new project. And it falls flat. They think their network is the problem. But according to Jordan Harbinger, um, he has more and more educated guests. The problem is that you took your network for granted. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he said you have to you have to cultivate and and nurture your networks to make sure he never loses sight of those valuable connections. He does two things consistently. Number one, he reaches out to five people every day. This doesn't happen at random. I use a CRM called Connection Fox, where I've organized hundreds of people I've built good relationships with. Um, the CRM reminds me when I haven't connected with someone in a certain amount of time, I set it for three or six months, and then I simply check in via text or email and ask how they're doing, um, which is kind of cool. Although now mm-hmm. it's like they're, they're going to read this article and think, all right, so you know, you're cultivating your garden right now that you don't really care about me. <laughs> That's probably how I take that. Yeah. Yeah. Now you read it. It's like ding, ding, ding. Bells going off people's head going, huh? It's funny how I hear from him about once every three to six months. <laughs> yeah. Well, hmm. and he says nobody wants to get an email from someone they haven't talked to in three years asking for something. Right. Uh, he Which says, when I need help sense. or someone I know needs help, um, you know, I, I, my connection is, is fresh. And that makes sense. Yeah, it's a good thing to do anyway, just from a human standpoint, right? Yeah. What was the name of the content or the um, relationship management software? Uh, it was called um, Connection Fox. Hmm. I've never heard of it. Mm-mm. I wonder if he owns that, and that's what he's that's what he's talking about. <laughs> that's, that's why he's talking that about would it. be boy, wouldn't that be the 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 back door into the marketing? It's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Connection, Fox. Stay on top of what's most important. You suck at networking. Let's fix that together. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, truth in advertising, huh? Keep your network engaged without fake-looking automation. See it in action and then believe. Try it free. Now I'm curious. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh. I have a a hungry who's been headbutting me this whole time. Chonky in all the right places. Chonky, C-H-O-N-K-Y. This is on their website. Slim when it needs to be. 
works while you sleep. Designed for intelligent networking. Dun, I'm going to Yeah, I'm reading about it right now. You can try it for free. Uh, it apparently works on uh, on the Mac. I don't see if it's... Uh, at least the screenshots they show are Apple-based. They show, they show phones, too, so maybe it ties into... Uh, onto the the phone uh, i think it's one of those um uh web-based apps you know so you you can get to it from multiple places that's kind of what it looks like so we should check it out and then talk about it in a day or two because we are out of time yeah we'll stay connected i will put a, a reminder to uh to touch base with you and see how you're doing like every hour or so oh god <laughs> how you doing aaron you okay everything all right on, how's Thanks. it going yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fine, <Ooh>. damn it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> All right. Let's wrap this up and we'll uh talk to everybody tomorrow on Tuesday. Uh thank you very much for joining us here on Back to the Brink. Remember we are following our radio shows on KCAA radio weekdays and uh we give you another forty five minutes or so of conversation and interesting stuff. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.